0: You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here, I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the 66th episode of Your Knee, Your Health. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about SIBO, or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now, as a disclaimer, as always, I'm a doctor. I'm not your doctor. So if you're suffering from these problems, talk to your doctor about it. And you might also ask, aren't you an orthopedic surgeon? What are you doing talking about gastroenterology? Well, I'll tell you, I suffered from this and someone in my family did too. So Like celiac disease, um, those of you that have been listening uh, know that I was diagnosed now probably about 11 or so years ago, Um, and if you want more information on gluten and celiac disease, go back and listen to episode 49, but what you'll come to learn is that's actually one of the risk factors for developing SIBO, and SIBO, like celiac disease and a lot of other diseases, is it's probably been around, it may be becoming more frequent, but it's one of those things that you can't diagnose this if you don't know about it or you don't think about it. And as people have become more aware of it, it's starting to be diagnosed more frequently. And one of the reasons is it's one of these diseases that has just this you know vague set of symptoms. It's not this very specific, this is the symptom and this is the test and this is what you have. So it sometimes can be difficult to diagnose, especially if your doctor doesn't know about it or isn't thinking about it. So let's kind of go into some basic stuff, right? You eat something. It goes into your mouth, you chew it, you swallow it, it goes down your esophagus, it goes into your stomach and then it enters your small intestines. So your small intestines are about 20 feet long and there's very few bacteria. So like a normal small intestines may only have about a thousand bacteria in the entire small intestines. The small intestines is made up of three different parts. So we have the duodenum or some people call it the duodenum, you have the jejunum and you have the ileum. And after that, then you enter into the colon. Um, in the colon, there's a ton of bacteria. So there's 10 to the 11th bacteria per gram of stool. So that's one with 11 zeros after it. Now, somewhere in the middle is around 100,000 to a million. If you have that much bacteria in your small intestines, that's not normal. Again, remember that you should have very few, like a 1,000 or less bacteria in the small intestines. So Why does this happen and what goes on? Well, it usually is due to a slowing of the food passing through the GI tract. So when we eat, it goes into the stomach and then it goes into the small intestines and it then supposed to be pushed through. So if you fast, and intermittent fasting is this big thing nowadays, people are talking about it, but during fasting, about every 90 to 120 minutes, a wave will push all that debris through into the colon. And if for some reason you are not moving that food through rapidly enough, um, what you'll find is that you start to get this buildup and you can get a bunch of different symptoms. So if you are not pushing food through, you may still feel full. And a lot of people have loss of appetite or loss of appetite to other things. They can have abdominal pain or discomfort, nausea, bloating. Again, just this idea of feeling full occasionally they can have diarrhea you can have weight loss which can also be due to the malnutrition or due to the fact that you're not eating because you feel full and as you get malnourished specifically you'll see a lot of these fat soluble vitamins go down those are vitamins a d e and k and even b12 which can then lead to anemia and can lead to fatigue and weakness so again i mean a lot of symptoms but again they're very vague, right? They're not very specific to, oh, you have SIBO. Now, what are the other causes? So you have to worry about, well, in these symptoms, and in a patient with some of these causes, um, you have to really, really think about it. So. If there has been prior um, abdominal surgery, sometimes there can be some communication in the gut. People with Crohn's, inflammatory bowel syndrome, celiac disease, diabetes, scleroderma, and even just general aging, all of those things can lead to this slowing of the gut or this backup or feedback loop, and then this buildup of bacteria in the small intestines. So let's say, okay, now um, this patient does have these symptoms and maybe they have one of these causes and you've ruled out other things. Uh, Well, well, how do you diagnose it? Well, one of the most common ways that people diagnose it now is doing what's called a breath test. And what you'll do typically is some type of uh, sugar water drink. So you'll go in fasting and you drink the sugar and sit for a bit. And depending on the bacteria that's in your gut, you'll breathe into this machine or bag and they'll test the amount of hydrogen and or methane and we'll see what those levels are. And if those levels are abnormally high, then sometimes you're having a buildup of this bacteria in the small intestines, which is causing you to push this, this hydrogen and methane out. And that can be one way of diagnosing this small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, this is quite simple and it's not invasive, um, it just takes about an hour of time. And you're sitting in a chair and you read a book and do what you have to do. And every, every so, I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes, they come and you breathe into the machine. Um, now you can do a small intestinal aspirate and a culture, you know, but again, this is invasive. Someone's shoving a tube you know, in your mouth, through your stomach and, and then into your intestines. And a lot of the bacteria that live down there are sometimes difficult to grow in media, in a Petri dish, in a lab. You know, the other option is you can do, and some of these are more um, important for ruling out other causes, you can do stool tests, and stool samples, ultrasounds, CAT scans, MRIs. But all of those, you know, come back to, and, you know, a lot of the doctors that I've seen and how I was tested and my family member was tested was with this breath test. So, okay, so what do you do? How do you treat it now? So um, you can treat it, and the most common and sort of gold standard antibiotic but still considered off-label as an antibiotic called Zyfaxan or rifaximin. Rifaximin being the generic, is the brand name. Um, and this is a great drug because it kills the bacteria, but it's very poorly absorbed across the gut, so it doesn't really go into your bloodstream and the rest of your body and cause other side effects. The problem is it's off-label, and um, it costs. I think last time I looked, it was like six, seven hundred bucks for a course of seven to ten days. And you know, insurance companies don't like to pay for it because it's expensive and it's off-label. Now I'll talk about that. I'm working on another um, podcast and I'm gonna talk to you about how I got this approved for me and my family member, but I'm also gonna talk to you in that next episode about you know all the ins and outs of the insurance company and how to fight when your insurance company denies care that is the best care for you, that your doctor determines is the best, and some doctor or some person you at know, the insurance company is trying to practice medicine on you without ever seeing you and denying care. So I'll go over that in the next episode. Um, other common drugs, um, augmentin, sometimes flagyl, depending on which, um, which of the gases comes up, and sometimes it's both, sometimes they'll add in something, like sometimes adding in another antibiotic, um, to treat you know both kinds of bacteria so this is where your gastroenterologist is very important to see your symptoms and maybe see what the breath test shows and maybe see your response to one antibiotic do they have to add another antibiotic or do they do two antibiotics from the beginning usually this is a seven or ten day course Um, the other important thing though is really trying to identify the cause and if it's possible fix it so if there was a surgical problem and maybe this is a complication from the surgery is there a way to fix that um you also want to make sure that you're being supported nutritionally. So, again, if you've been having this for a long standing period of time, this may have resulted in some form of malnourishment. And, you know, obviously, treating the bacterial overgrowth may allow you to improve that, but there may be ways to supplement that earlier on to get the nutrition back quicker. Um, and then um, the idea of other stuff. So, um, the idea of probiotics and prebiotics there's very mixed results in the data and, and the literature for SIBO specifically um there are some other products um on the market um one is uh, called uh fd guard um and there's these ideas of of using um menthol and caraway seeds and things like that and you can buy these you know i've even seen them at some of our um supermarkets that offer more um uh naturopathic homeopathic options in the pharmacy aisle and you can find a bunch of different companies and brands that offer these gi supports and and the idea of those being um, that taking these sort of homeopathic remedies um, prior to eating you know may help in pushing through and stimulating that sort of peristalsis and movement through the gi tract to prevent this slowing down of the gut, Um, but again, you know, kind of homeopathic and may not be the best treatment if you truly have SIBO, so talk to your gastroenterologist, um, but for dysmotility, you know, they may look at that as another option or a secondary option or a long-term treatment option depending on your response to these other things. So, you know, I really wanted to bring this up just to talk to you about it because, you know, I find there's a lot of people that have never heard of it, even in the medical field. Um, You know, and, and honestly, I don't ever remember... Learning about it in medical school, you know, albeit that was 20 years ago. Um, but even some non GI specialists, you know, when I mention it, they're like, oh, I've never really heard of it, or I don't, I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. So this way you know about it. And this is something that you might be able to talk to your doctor if maybe you're having symptoms and these have been long standing and ongoing, and your doctor may not have been able to come up with a, a cause. So maybe they haven't sent you to a GI specialist. Maybe seeing a gastroenterologist is your next best step. Or even bringing this up, you know, with your primary and saying, "Hey, maybe it's worth doing a breath test," and you know, then if it's positive, you know, maybe seeing a gastroenterologist. So this way, you're getting the best treatment, and important to you know maximize your health and prevent this chronic malnutrition that can go on. So again, small intestinal intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, so this abnormal growth in bacteria, you know, due to things like celiac, Crohn's, inflammatory bowel, possibly a complication of surgery, and just with aging due to this dysmotility, and it can cause that constellation of symptoms like fullness, loss of appetite, abdominal pain, discomfort, bloating, weight loss, malnutrition, fatigue, and weakness. So keep all those things in mind. But in the meantime, stay healthy. Keep exercising, eat well, and be well. And until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.